Welcome to Listening Space. Join Cornelia and her guests and learn how to improve your life and relationships. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Listening Space podcast. Today is going to be a special episode for me. First of all, it is episode 20. Yay! (laughs) If you are a new listener, welcome to the Listening Space podcast. I am Cornelia and your host and I'm here to help with life and mindset hacks to help you live and love your life to the fullest. I talk about mental and emotional well-being topics here and sometimes I'm also joined by some special guests and today's episode is a solo episode again and I hope you enjoy this little story time So something came up on my memories recently, you know, when your phone or your Facebook memories show up or show you pictures from a year or so ago. And it brought up this event that I used to go to. At the moment, it's not possible because of the restrictions, but there is this big event in Norway every year and it's called Gattebil or as many people would say in English or pronounce it in English, gate bill. But I believe in Norwegian it's pronounced Gattebill. And it is a weekend-long festival, which is a motorsport festival with a lot of action-packed events, different kind of racings such as drifting or time attack. And there's also a huge display of cars and track cars, project cars, everything. (laughs) There is also live music and other sort of programs or events throughout the weekend and it's just a huge event. It's one of the biggest European motorsport festivals I believe to which people travel from all over the world. The atmosphere at Gattebill is impossible to describe. Like Every year, thousands, ten thousands of, like, many thousands of people come together to this event to enjoy their passions and spend time with their friends and make new friends and simply have the time of their lives and live their life to the fullest within those few days. And it's just a really unique and great atmosphere that is hard to describe. Um, Once you arrive, you feel immediately part of something bigger and it's almost like a big, massive family. I travel to Norway almost every year for this event, for a couple of years. And normally my friends and myself travel from Ireland together to meet our Norwegian friends or other friends from around the world at the festival. And we camp together. And yeah, we kind of do that almost every year, except for last year and this year. And funnily enough, I only see some of my friends from Ireland, only at the event in Norway. And I also met a lot of my friends who live close by, like local friends in Norway, (laughs) although we live less than an hour apart here so this already kind of shows how this event brings people together and how it creates so many awesome friendships and memories and to many 
this story time will be surprising because you might only know me as the calm and content person that I am who talks a lot about mindset related topics here, especially if you know this podcast already. But to others, this story won't be as surprising because they know me probably from my motorsport and car days. So if you haven't known this about me already, so here is um, yeah, some fun facts and part of my past and those memories and experiences and adventures shaped me a great deal. So it all ties in together, I suppose. And as you can guess now, yes, I, <laughs> I have also a passion for cars and motorsport, especially drifting and Japanese cars. And in Ireland, we would say I'm a petrol head. <laughs> About 10 years ago, I got my Nissan Silvia S14, which I still own. And it's a Japanese import with a lot of history. This car means a lot to me. And I associate like two, no, sorry, 10 years, 10 full years, actually almost more than 10 years now, full of experiences with it. And I made some of my lifelong friends through this car and yeah, so many other friends as well. And not to mention all the crazy experiences and adventures. And I used to do a lot of track days in it and drift. And all I can say is, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Drifting is, by the way, when you control a car that is out of control. So basically the rear of the car slides in the corner or you basically try to slide through a corner with the rear of the car breaking out, which is an, a desired outcome. So that's drifting. There was a time in Ireland where this community felt like a big, massive family and it felt great to be part of it. So um, yeah, Mice 14 is a very capable race car, which I also kept on the road for summer months. And I have learned a lot of my mechanical skills through my car. I um, apologize for the background noises if you can hear them. <laughs> it's cattle around the place. Um, and here's another fun fact. One of my favorite places <laughs> to be and zone out to is actually under the car looking up at it whilst I'm lying down <laughs> I know it sounds funny but there is something calming about just looking up at the mechanics of the car <laughs> I find and yeah I always loved it <laughs> sometimes I'm I, I used to just lie lie under the car for ages um, partly kind of trying to work on stuff and sometimes just <laughs> you know <laughs> looking edit and I suppose maybe that's a form of meditation too and when I think about it now yeah it does put you into some mindful moments as well in a way especially when you work on it only if nothing goes wrong though because as many petrol heads might know it can get really frustrating when you work on a car sometimes especially with a project car in case you don't know this already but I'm all about balance and bliss right so even back then, I made sure that I have a healthy enough relationship with this hobby of mine. And it is very common to completely lose yourself in this hobby. And I suppose some people might be just very passionate about it, but it can be 
an unhealthy lifestyle if you are not looking out for balance as well within that scene, right? I always made sure to have a sort of healthy enough balance here or even lifestyle as such um, because I wanted to make sure I enjoy the process because I've seen people who couldn't enjoy it anymore and I didn't want that. And there was many times where I got frustrated too and especially when I worked on the car and I couldn't fix something straight away. So... It's not like I was always calm, but I made sure that I have a good enough kind of balance there. And that's why I still have so much love for that sport and my project car or project cars in general, I suppose. I just knew when to step away from it or take a break. And I think this is why, yeah, I still have so many fond memories, right? I still enjoy adrenaline packed activities or a nice spin in a fast car, but I'm not as involved in drifting anymore. You will hear soon why, and this episode might be a bit longer than usual. So let me get started with the story of how that accident happened in my race car in Norway on a race track. And how it changed my life. <laughs> and if you are a fellow petrol head and one of my friends or someone who knows me through the motorsport scene and you always wondered what happened. And yeah, because I think I never really publicly talk, talked about it. Then here we go. You can hear now the full story of the adventure of my trip to Norway in my road legal half race car I suppose <laughs> and what happened in Norway and what accident happened and how it went afterwards so get your cup of tea or coffee ready and enjoy this all started a good while ago so I remember in 2013 the first time I went to the festival um, I was standing at the track and I just saw the action happening and everybody was just so happy there and in their element and I just love when I see people living their passion and be in their I suppose element yeah and be their own authentic self in the very moment and besides my own excitement at the time because it was the very first time but I remember how I was thinking whilst watching cars racing I was thinking I want to be here one time with my own car and live my dream and do the exact same and bring my own car that I already had at the time to this track in Norway and I want to do the same and <laughs> I have a lot of big crazy ideas all the time so I wasn't sure is that something I would follow through or did I just feel it in the moment but I did follow through with it. <laughs> so there I was in 2013 making up one of my biggest dreams and deciding that I wanted to bring my car to this place and just fully embrace that experience and you know live out my passion in all possible ways and I loved the idea of it, but I just didn't know at the time when it would happen or will it actually happen. So I just played around with the idea and just put it onto my dream list, I suppose. And then in 2016 or 2017, but in 2016, I kind of realized, 
yeah, we only have that one life really. And I felt like I missed out on a couple of things. So I said, okay, I just go with my bucket list and do everything that, you know, I feel like I want to do. And in 2017, I actually started to play around more with the idea of driving to Norway, bringing my own car to the track in Norway and drift there <laughs> and just have the full on experience of got the bill camping there with my own car and hopefully with friends as well right so in 2017 I believe I started to play around with organizing and just thinking about things and how could I do it and I made up my mind I wanted to tick off that item or dream of my bucket list and I wasn't really afraid to do anything like that or do anything big like that as long as I have that clear vision and that focus and I just feel it in my heart that this is something I want to do and experience and I feel drawn to do it then I just do it and I have actually no doubts about it really I have to say I was thinking about it for a good while before I kind of made up my mind fully and it definitely helped to talk to other people who I know did the same before so there was um, one buddy who did almost the exact same I think a year before so I kind of could see how it is possible and I obviously reached out as well and we talked about it and stuff and it really helped me to make up my mind and you know just go with it and realize hey it is possible and sometimes we just need that little push right because it is a big dream as such you know driving from Ireland to Norway is a long trip <laughs> and of course in your mind automatically you think about everything that could go wrong so I had to manage that part as well and my mindset and that's why mindset work is so important and why it's so great to be aware of what you can do with your mind and how you can manage it and all the fears that come up and possible anxiety because otherwise you hold yourself back or your mind holds you back without you realizing it. So one of the ways how to help yourself in that regard is to look for people who did something similar or maybe the same and, you know, inspire yourself pretty much by seeing others do the same or something similar in your own ways, right? Okay, so once I made up my mind fully and had all the inspiration and motivation that I needed and to be honest, a lot of motivation came from within anyway because I just had that desire to do it, um, I started to do my research and I think that is as well kind of necessary sometimes to keep yourself in check and question your own ideas and dreams and goals and ask yourself, okay, what do I need to research next to make sure is this realistic? Because of course you can dream big and think of all sort of ideas and whatever comes to your mind. And I would like to think that everything is somewhat somehow possible. But at the same time, you got to be realistic as well and consider your current life situation and circumstances and resources you have and see if that's actually doable in the moment. And 
I did exactly that. I looked into it. I started researching. I started to think about, okay, what is involved? What do I need to do? How much money do I need for all of that? Because it is an expensive journey and what well, it could be an expensive journey and what else do I need to do, you know, to make that a successful experience and make my dream come true, right? So I went into that stage and I started to reach out to my friends as well, especially the ones that I knew are as well a little bit crazy. <laughs> Um, in a good way obviously and I started to kind of tell them about my idea and you know what they think about it but more so would they be interested to maybe join and come along because what I started to realize at the beginning of the trip was and I will get to that a bit later on um, towards the end of it is it is obviously way more fun if you do it with people together and sometimes that can be you know better as in if you just don't always be on your own or super independent and that was part of my lesson that I had to learn as well at the time so I already had that kind of feeling of you know what this time I'm going to do it with people together and try to you know bring friends along if they're up for it because I can easily do it on my own no problem but what's the point I would like to share the experience and <laughs> thankfully I had um, one or two buddies who were up for it straight away and who were super excited about the about the possibility of driving and bringing their own cars and doing that sort of adventure together. So I found um, two bodies straight away right from the beginning more or less and it was really great because that gives you a sense of confirmation in a way that yeah you know I am onto something and as much as I feel drawn to this experience and adventure but it's nice when stuff falls into place and people come along and you get those kind of confirmations right and that was great so I kept organizing it I did everything for for our trip so I had two more buddies who would have been in their own car and we were three people at the time who were saying or expressing yeah we do that for sure so I said listen guys, I gonna do all the research, they're organizing the bookings, I don't mind doing that kind of stuff, I'm good at it and I, you know, did all of it. So I looked into different ways of how to drive up, what's the best route, you know, what's the best experience, what ferries, all that sort of stuff and at the same time keep it as cheap as possible. So my aim was to have a nice driving experience up to Norway keep it as cheap as possible and at the same time you know have like nice kind of I suppose routes to drive and enjoy our cars and the journey in itself as well and there was a timeline to it so I had to research and organize okay when do we need to leave take what ferry there was multiple ferries involved the Euro tunnel as well from the UK to France so I ended up organizing the trip or the route from leaving Ireland in Rosslare, going over to the UK, crossing the UK, so drive through it, and then take the Eurotunnel from the UK to France, and then drive from France towards the top of Germany, and take the last ferry from there, from Germany to Sweden, and then from Sweden drive the last bit up to Norway. And I'm actually absolutely delighted with how 
that turned out and how it fell into place and how the times worked out. So if you are thinking about doing the same trip, consider that kind of route and let me know as well if you have any questions about it. So absolutely delighted that this worked, right? So the dates started to approach like the leaving date in July in 2018. And I still had no passenger for my for my trip as in for my car I wanted to actually have a passenger with me in the car as well because you know in case I get tired it would be nice to talk to someone and in case I felt too tired then someone else could drive my car although I already up front kind of didn't really want that to happen so I wanted to drive everything on my own but it would be nice to have that option and find someone that you get along with and you can trust with and someone who shares the same excitement for the trip in itself and then I had my own little idea of oh how great would it be if someone could even take pictures and maybe kind of like you know document it in their own ways a little bit and I tried to make as many memories and pictures and videos as well to share them along the way on social media and as well for my own obviously memories and so that was kind of like what I had in mind so I kind of felt you know I'm quite spiritual in a way right so I felt that it will fall into place and that the universe will kind of help me to figure it all out and I just knew I had to kind of surrender a little bit and I think we were approaching you know the date was coming closer and closer I think it was already May or June and Part of me was kind of like starting to kind of freak out, not freaking out, but I was wondering, okay, I still don't have a pass- passenger. Hmm, what to do, right? So how do we do this if the date approaches, the leaving date for the trip and I have nobody? And then I remembered, you know what? This is such a journey here. As in, I felt so drawn by my heart and soul to do this journey and do this trip. I just had that trust I suppose in universe into the universe <laughs> that everything will fall into the place because I was in a flow I was being authentic I followed my gut intuition and everything and I know it's quite like an ego related trip in a way you know it's cars and action adrenaline all that kind of stuff right but at the same time I'm also very spiritual so for me it kind of balances itself out and I know how to do that as well for myself So I knew at the same time, okay, trust the universe, keep focusing on your vision and visualize the trip, visualize the feelings and feel the feelings how you want it to be and manifest it and let's just see what happens, you know. (laughs) And (laughs) when you have, right, when you have that sort of sense of, okay, I just need to surrender and I actually surrender and you actually do surrender fully, you will be amazed in what funny and most randomest way things start to happen right and I want to share this part of the story with you as well in more detail because I want to showcase that when you act out of intuition and your authentic self let's say and you're just so drawn to something and you follow that flow and that urge and you know heartfelt desire rather than an ego-felt desire, right? So don't confuse the two of them. But if you feel that heartfelt desire and follow through and follow all the steps and things that come up in your head and the things that fall into place, 
then the rest will as well fall into place, right? So it's kind of like, it's kind of some sort of law. It's, it's physics as well, quantum physics, to be honest. It's a thing, right? I'm not making this up. So this little story will show you how in the most funniest way stuff can manifest, right? And that is now in regards of my friend who <laughs> gave me permission to share this. How did I <laughs> how did I receive the gift from the universe the passenger who should accompany me and <laughs> spend a lot of time with me in my car right okay so let me get started with that little story my really good friend who I won't name as well she was at the time on online dating apps and one of them being a very um known one tinder as suppose there's no harm in you know mentioning that name so she was um, at the time exploring the tinder world and she came across a person and they matched and they met up and bear with me it's part of the story okay so they got met up for you know chats casual chats or whatever and just hang out i suppose and get to know each other because they seemed to get along from what they saw online, right? They had their chats and talked and whatever, whatever, whatever. And it turned out that he, the person she matched with, knows me from social media and past events, just from seeing me around, stuff like that, right? So they ended up talking about me because you know she's my very close friend and she knew as well about my trip and what I was planning and it wasn't a secret or anything so they just naturally started to talk about that because he knew me from the car background right and he was really excited about you know the trip in itself or I don't know did they talk much about the actual trip planning but he is very much into Japanese cars as well and drifting and all of that stuff and he's well up for adventures. So basically what happened is my close friend, she put me into touch with him. So <laughs> the next day I met my future passenger for that trip, right? Because um, we met up and he took some pictures of my car he happened to have his camera camera with him and he's very much into his photography and so we met up for chats and I showed him my car and then I talked about the trip and I told him about what I have planned and before I even asked him or suggested the possibility of being a passenger I could just see how excited about he was the whole concept and how he wanted to go to that event as well and how he you know, I just could see his excitement and his passion for the whole thing. And he was a photographer, which I found really cool. So I started to realize, hold on a second, you know, I actually don't know that person at all. But could that be my future passenger? Could that be the passenger for my trip? You know, because my trip was approaching and I was just waiting for the universe to basically send someone at this stage. <laughs> so I put two, no, I put one and one together and realized Okay, one second, I actually could mention that trip to him and see what he thinks. Does he want to come along? And I was a bit aware of the fact that we didn't know each other at all and that we had to spend a lot of time together in the car, obviously. And this could be a potential, you know, for issues or 
in case we don't get along or in case we annoy each other and what do you do then and you commit to that drive and drive back as well you know what do you do so I had all of those kind of considerations in my mind but I suggested it to him anyway it felt good my intuition said it's okay to do so and he accepted he was up for it and he you know he took his time to think about it as well but in the end he came along and he was the person who was in my car with me as a passenger and he happened to be a photographer so if you remember what I said earlier so I kind of manifested that as well at the same time which was great and it turned out perfect yeah and now he's one of my friends and it was a really interesting experience to bond with someone <laughs> like that <laughs> and um it was just great you know um it turned out well and he got along with the other friends as well so we were a group of four people in two cars and that's how our trip to Norway started off once again I followed my intuition a lot and everything felt really good the organization of the trip in itself you know booking the ferries the tickets and all of that kind of stuff I find that very easy to do you know that comes very easy to me so that was the easy part of the whole thing I was very conscious of you know do we have a good time can we have a good time can we enjoy that trip and is the mixture of people a good mixture so that was my main concern but not really a concern as such because I had a good feeling about it right and the trip went well right so we started off we left Ireland together it was a really enjoyable experience I found and my buddies or friends they they said the same afterwards so they found it enjoyable as well I really I'm really proud of that because it is one thing to go for your dreams but it's another thing to include other people and at the same time stick to your guns stick to your intuition and follow your inner guidance in a way right so that was I suppose when I started to practice that really consciously and um, whilst involving other people into the same process right and it worked really well because that's what's going to happen if you if you are authentic if you are following your inner desires and you are open for possibilities and opportunities and all that kind of stuff then things will fall into place and you do have to put in the work don't get me wrong you do have to put in the work take action which is very important take the action but it will turn out really well then that's what happens so I don't want to drag this out for too long I would love to talk about the actual journey up to Norway but I think it might take too long so all I will say is the trip from Ireland to Norway went quite smooth we did have a few hiccups in Germany because we did get stuck in a lot of um, traffic which was down to roadworks and stuff so it worked out still we didn't miss the ferry or anything like that and what happened was we did get pulled over at some stage by the German police and we were held up for about half an hour 40 minutes I think and they just checked everything they checked our papers our cars um, they were searching for drugs the whole shebang basically they found it really weird that <laughs> a group of people from Ireland drove all the way through Europe to a festival in Norway in their suspicious looking cars <laughs> mine especially because my car did look a lot and performed a lot like a race car 
but it was all road legal. I made sure we had the right papers with us. We all were insured. We all had the certifications we needed to be road legal. So there was nothing dodgy going on, but they found it funny. And then they found it also funny that I was talking German to them because I am from Austria and why did I live in Ireland in the first place? So I was questioned for all of that as well on top of it. They just find it super suspicious and weird. But in the end, it made all sense because we gave our honest and clear answers. I translated and talked to them a lot. Everything was legal and legit. So it worked out and I was a bit concerned because in Germany, apparently they are allowed to just impound and take away the car if they see fit no matter if it's road legal or not or if it's by papers okay so I was kind of worried that they might take away one of our cars but in the end thankfully it paid off we nearly missed the ferry we we just about arrived for the departure but that was because we got delayed with the police and worked out still we got onto the ferry on the way up to Norway when we arrived in Sweden and drove up to Norway we actually even stopped on the way to help out a broken down um, woman I spotted her on the side of the road so I said come on guys let's help her I got the guys to help her because you know they're a bit stronger I suppose and they're better at changing a tire I think it was a tire that needed to be changed and I thought it's good for the karma for our karma points <laughs> and I was right it will prove itself later on in the story um, so we did that as well on the way up everything went well we arrived and let me just go real quick into the actual feeling of how it felt when we arrived so you can probably imagine we were all buzzing we were all super excited to actually arrive to be at the festival and finally just be there and we enjoyed the trip in itself. It was really enjoyable, the drive, but we just couldn't wait to be there and have our tents up and camp and have our cars parked right besides. I actually gonna post a few pictures on my Instagram so you can get a few um, impressions of to what I'm saying here basically. So make sure to check out my Instagram page. And we were just so super excited. So when we arrived, it felt really unreal. It felt like living a dream and every single time it's just that mind-blowing feeling and sensation of wow this is amazing you know and I think it's for me personally speaking it's not the actual feeling or sensation of hey I made it I'm here now I'm at that location I'm at the festival it wasn't it wasn't so much about that in itself it was more about the fact that holy moly I followed my desire everything fell into place everything worked out well you know it once it, it once again it proves me it's possible I bring this back now to self-development right when you start looking into self-development and your mindset and learn how to deal with things in life learn how to deal with your mental health with your emotions and everything else that maybe comes up your way. That is the result out of it, right? So that is why I'm so passionate as well about self-development and coaching and helping others because it is totally possible to live a life fully, love your life and do adventures or experience adventures because when you start unpacking what's within you and unlearning old beliefs or beliefs 
that are not yours. This is what happens. You get to experience a really authentic, fulfilled <laughs> uh, adventure, experience, life. And as you can hear now, I find it even hard now still sometimes to put it into words because it's just such a amazing sensation and experience. Sorry, I repeat myself with experience, but this is what happens when you look a little bit into your own well-being. And I know it's a funny link, but it is true. It is fully true. That can happen, right? And that is the sensation that I had at the time when I arrived. I was like, once again, there we go. I have to prove this works, you know, this is possible. And it's not because of me. It's not, there's nothing special about me or my person. Like I have my personality, I have my traits, I have my own experiences and I have my own ways of handling things. But everybody else can do the same in their own ways, doing their own thing, their own desires, getting there and it is possible, right? So don't think I'm super brave, I'm super courageous or I'm super special or I'm super this or super that. No, I'm just showing that it is possible. It's possible for everybody because there's not really a big difference between you and me. The only difference is we are individual and we have our individual desires. We have our individual upbringing. And there's one big difference probably. I'm well, very well and very far in my self-development journey. I have been looking into it, doing it, learning, improving myself for many, 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 many years. So that stays in my favor now. But it is possible for you too. So I would highly encourage you to not dismiss self-development, right? Because this is one of the many beautiful things that can, can come out of it. Now, let's get back to the story, right? The weekend in itself went well not going into any details here or what happened because it would take way too long. So let's fast forward to the last day, Sunday. So let's fast forward to Sunday. That was the last day of the festival and the, the day where I ticked off everything as in where I fully lived my dream because I kept my track day experience up until Sunday, which means I only drove my car, my race car, my baby on the track on Sunday. So the previous days I just enjoyed the festival and entered my car in show and shine and stuff like that. So Sunday was the biggest day, the best day and the worst day at the same time, right? And you might find that a bit dramatic or whatever, but unfortunately it felt really like that. So it started with a bang and ended with a bang. And I'm going straight to the accident experience as such because I know a lot of people still wonder what happened that day, how did the accident happen, how did I do afterwards, what happened to the car, do I still have the car and all that stuff. And I actually want to show you that affected me afterwards and what it did, how it shifted my perspective, how it changed my life and at the same time show you how events like that in your own life are there for a reason. I know you might wonder why would there be such, why would such an event, why would an accident or an illness or whatever have a reason behind it? What, what's what's that there for? But bear with me, I'm going into this as well, right? So everything does happen for a reason and I hope that maybe you can relate to some parts of it and can see the link in your own life to your own events. What happened here was the following. 
So if you remember, in 2013, I was standing and watching people driving on the track and I was thinking, one day I'm going to bring my car and drive on that track to and drift. And that's what I did. On Sunday, I got ready. I had pep talks from like-minded people um, because I was nervous but excited, you know, but more so excited than nervous. Nervous just a little bit, really. Not really. I was just so excited and I suppose that kind of turned into a bit of nervousness. So I had all my pep talks. I had uh, breakfast and good conversations beforehand. And I got ready. I did everything I had to do. I um, signed up for it. The car got checked. Was it safe? I got breathalyzed like everybody really did at the start of the morning because um, just for safety measures, I suppose. And I think it was a great idea. So everything was set in place and I was ready to rock. And I did get a good few laps out of it. I drove um, first of all very easily on the track so I just got familiar with the track in itself it's a very long big track so it takes a couple of minutes to actually lap it and I got familiar with it first and I was in a beginner's group so I knew that there was no pressure or any concerns about holding other people up because I was kind of you know concerned about that and didn't want to slow someone down so got familiar with the track, I got more confident, I started to have a few more skids, drift a little bit and to be honest I didn't do too much because I did bring like spare tools, spare tires and all that kind of stuff but at the same time I was well aware that I had to drive home in the same car so I didn't want to break anything, I didn't want to overheat the engine because it was very hot that day and I was taking it easy. I had a lot of fun I had so much fun. I got to smoke up my tires. You know, I saw the smoke coming from them, which is great when you drift. It's kind of like a thing. So I was absolutely delighted. I had such a good time. So after the first time or the first um, round of being on the track, I took a break. And initially, I kind of wanted to, you know, leave it at that and, you know, close it off as a successful experience and just be happy and have a super functioning car still without any issues, without any incidents, breaks, whatever. And then I did the biggest, I suppose, mistake in a way because I did not listen to my intuition anymore. I got too excited. I got a bit greedy of the experience and I ignored my gut feeling. Funnily enough, my very close friend that I mentioned earlier, she had a really weird feeling about that day and she didn't reach out to me because she didn't want to put any fears into my head. But she said afterwards, she checked in with me afterwards, hey, I have a really weird feeling. Maybe be careful, maybe don't go out multiple times, right? And I, yeah, I had a gut, a weird gut feeling too, you know, because um, I shouldn't have gone out again. Because when I did go out again for the second round, that's when the accident happened, right? So I had a good few laps. I had a few more skids, had a lot of fun, no problem. I was on the track and then I decided, okay, I had enough. I did really get most out of it. I need to be careful. Let's not break the car or chance anything. I have to drive back in the same car, in the same car. 
I will go back into the pits. I will leave the track. So the first few laps on the track were full on. So the engine was obviously very hot. So I decided to do a cooling down lap before leaving the track, which means I drove around the track in a slower pace without any drifting, without any skids, just to cool down the engine, right? And then halfway through, halfway through in one of the corners, it happens. And it's funny how your brain processes situations like that because everything just went into slow motion like I still see it very clearly clearly in my head I was just leaving one of the bends it was a big bend visible enough you know I was just leaving it I was coming out of it and all I could see in the mirror rear mirror was that twin cam a smaller car shooting out or into the corner really fast and from experience, I could tell that if I wasn't going to leave this band very, very soon, he would be crashing into me. He was way too fast. So I started to speed up and leave the corner of the bends, but it wasn't fast enough. So I just could see. I actually looked back. I looked at him coming, crashing into me. So he just took the corner way too fast. And drove into me in my right side of the car so he it's almost like t-boning me you know so yeah I I stopped his drifting right I stopped him sliding through that corner and <laughs> when when that happens first of all I was okay right because I did not save any money on safety measures or my equipment. And I had like really good bucket seats, um, half bucket seats, half um, open seats. Um, I didn't spend, as in I didn't save any money when it came to safety equipment. So I had really good brands in the car, as in really good equipment. That prevented me from any injuries. Because when you see the damage of the car, you wonder why I had no fractures and why my hips and my shoulders are collarbone and my complete right side is not injured or fractured right so it was quite bad and I was sitting in the car just thinking fuck how do I get home right and then part of me thought whilst I was sitting in the car waiting for the marshals to come and help us maybe it's just a scratch right and my my window shattered so my window broke the pass uh, driver driver's window driver's side window so I thought okay I could still pull it off to drive home without a window right so that was what went on in my mind when when he crashed into me and then I saw the marshal walking towards me to see if I'm okay and all I could see was just his face and his shocked face you know and asking me are you okay and when I saw his face I knew okay this must be bad right so I initially tried to feel straight away and my body parts are still in place am I still okay you know so I felt okay my <laughs> my hands are here my feet are here everything seems to be in place and working I don't feel any initial pain I'm, I, I'm, I must be okay and th thankfully I actually was I, I did have headache and stuff like that probably a mini whiplash or something I and mean, you wear a helmet in the car by the way so my my head was protected that way but it slammed against the car still so I was okay right um but I couldn't get out of the car so that was problem one and 
I knew straight away then when I couldn't open my door, I was like, okay, this is not good. So they helped me out of the car and all I remember is when I turned around to look at my car and the damage to see how bad it is, can I still drive home or not? I just saw my car, my baby, my everything. I'm very attached to the car and I know it's not healthy, but it's my baby. And I just burst into tears. <laughs> I just started crying straight away because I could not believe the damage that has been done. I could not believe what I saw. I could not believe that this was how that trip ended. And not to mention all the questions coming up in my head about how do I get home. I knew straight away I'm not going to drive home in this car. I just cried. I just cried. I didn't know what else to do. I just cried. I felt absolutely devastated. I was so sad. I, I, I just, it was very sad for me. Very, my heart broke. My heart really did break. And if you know anything about heartbreak, and I really hope you don't, then you know that it perceives it as physical pain. So I felt all of that. I was just devastated, really. And I will never, ever forget the kindness of that marshal who I'm still in touch with every now and then. Um, he was so kind. He What he did is he just hugged me. He gave me a big hug and he just put his arm around me and told, you know, he calm, He tried to calm me down and just talk to me and obviously making sure that I was actually physically okay, but he was just so kind, so nice. And he couldn't have done anything. Like that was the best thing that could have happened, right? That was the best case scenario really despite the whole situation. So that was so nice and kind and I'm still so grateful how he handled it. I was just crying and then we had to wait for the recovery trucks to take away my car because I could clearly not really drive in it anymore. We didn't know what the damage was. The other car was driving off on its own, I think. I can't remember, can't recall it. So I was brought in for safe uh, some checks right so the the ambulance checked me out made sure i was okay and besides being absolutely heartbroken and devastated and crying i i had only headache at the time and i knew i was in shock so i knew i might feel more physical pain later on and that was the case but initially i was fine i had no fractures or anything thankfully and i'm very grateful for that as well i was very lucky very very lucky all the procedures that had to be done we're done and then they brought me into the one of the towers and they wanted me to or I think it's procedure or maybe not um we I was supposed to meet the other driver that drove into me right and that that guy didn't show up for ages because he thought first of all that I was a guy because it's very rare that females drive on the track so he thought I was a guy that was upset and I wanted to punch him <laughs> and to be honest part of me probably would have loved to do that but no I would never do that I was very I was just very upset and I didn't even know why I was supposed to meet him or talk to him but I suppose it's as well because of the car the damage to sort it out between ourselves because all of that is not covered by insurance for obvious reasons so eventually he came and he was very surprised when he saw me he, he didn't realize it was actually me who drove or who was the other driver and he I just couldn't stop crying I really tried so hard I couldn't stop crying I was so heartbroken so he started kind of tearing up too and he apologized and 
he was very genuine about it he offered me to help me in any way he can and I actually didn't want to see him I just I just wanted to get away and go to my friends and explain what happens because they got worried too they knew something was going on and it was very nice of him to apologize I suppose but he couldn't really do much you know I just knew the damage was done nothing could be done he couldn't do much really and that was that so I got back to my friends and in the meantime they already some of them already tried their best to help me sort out the car they tried to get the car the car was brought into the pits so my friends completely took over and helped me in that regard to sort out my car make sure we can look at it try to fix it for the trip back home and get the right people involved you know there was a lot of Irish people at the event so there was a lot of contacts being made and um, some people had the right equipment the tools everything that could have helped so big thanks to my friends once again and I already expressed my gratitude a lot to them about that day and how they supported me because I was absolutely in shock emotional not able to think straight for obvious reasons so some of my friends took completely over and run the show looked after the car and what needed to be done and eventually so what happened was basically the damage on my car it's very badly bent so the car the guy drove into the driver's side and right into my door I suppose and is a lot of damage to my car right there's a lot of damage it's not a write-off it's probably fixable but the future of my car hasn't been decided yet I still own it in case you're wondering and I have a lot of ideas and plans for it but I won't go too much into that because I want to keep that um, to myself anyway it couldn't be fixed the damage was too much it couldn't be fixed and although for some reason this horrible event had to happen but the universe once again made things fall into place and things fell into place so with the help of my friends and talking to the right people and because we are all a big family in a way someone offered to take my car on a trailer back to the UK in exchange from Norway right so they were driving a camper and the car trailer empty car trailer to Norway they purchased a car in Norway a Skyline four-door Skyline and their intention was to bring that new newly purchased car back to the UK on the trailer so instead of that they offered me to bring my damaged car to the UK for me to make it easier for me to get my car back home and I in exchange was able to drive their newly purchased Skyline back home to Ireland or to the UK sorry to the UK to his location and I only or me and my passenger had to figure out how we got home from the UK then to Ireland and I had to figure out the rest in regards of my car how I bring my car back from the UK to Ireland so everything fell into place and it was the most bizarre way how it happened and I am so grateful for the community the spirit of support all the support I received the emotional support I received, the logistical support that I received because long story short my damaged car that could not be driven anymore and all my equipment that came with it, all my spare parts, my tires, my camping gear, everything right, it all, my car was back home with me within one 
week. So on one Sunday, the accident happened and because the universe once again put everything into place and as well, of course, with actions and a lot of questions and people helping and offering their support, my car got back home to Ireland. So it got first, it got brought back to the UK and then someone else from Ireland happened to go to that place. So they offered me with an, to bring their empty trailer, go to that place that they had planned to go to anyway. They heard about my accident. Then they offered me, hey, I'm going to drive that trip and do that trip anyway. Why don't I bring your car back with me? So my car was then brought back from the UK to Dublin. And all I had to do, once again, with the help of my beautiful friends, was to go from Cork, where I live, up to Dublin, collect my damaged car on another trailer back home and store it in my place or where they store that, right? So crazy, absolutely crazy. It still blows my mind how everything fell into place after all. So not only did I experience one of my biggest dreams and tick it off and still got to do it, but besides that massive negative impact event accident, it still worked out. It still all worked out. And that is now something that I want to touch base on. One of the things I learned is how important community is. Community spirit, support, friends. And how important it is to go in life together to experience life together and not on your own because I used to be a super, super independent person. I am st still very independent, but I was probably way too independent, which wasn't really healthy in many ways. And one of the lessons I learned out of that experience was it is okay to ask for support. It is okay to accept support and it is okay to surrender completely and let others help you. Because if it wasn't for that, and to be honest, I actually couldn't even resist the support because my independent self would find it very hard, right? So I had to learn it the hard way, basically. So that's what, that was one of my lessons, pretty much, right? So you can rely on community. You can rely on your support system and make sure you have the right people around you, you know? And that's why it is support. That's why it is important to surround yourself with the right people and people that you want to be around with and all that kind of stuff. And it will still work out. It will still work out. And it did. One of the biggest lessons I learned there. And I expressed my gratitude once I was able to, to all of my friends and the people that helped me out. And I'm still to this day, three years after, and I probably always will be so grateful for all the help and support I received I can't believe I got my car back within one week. My damaged, undrivable car. Because that was a big, big stress factor. How do I get my car back from Norway to Ireland without crazy costs? You know, without hiring a truck or something or someone. And it just worked out so beautifully, right? And the journey from Norway back to Ireland that we still had to drive back. Me and the passenger as well, my buddy, my friend. Like, I was really worried about my friend too because now suddenly <laughs> his ride was gone. <laughs> 
there was suddenly no car anymore. So I was really worried about that as well and how it would impact him and his experience. And I was not in the best, I suppose, emotional state as well. Like I stopped crying eventually, but I was kind of in shock and I wasn't really happy or too excited, obviously, anymore. I was kind of quiet and upset over the experience. So I was very aware of that as well. And I didn't want to bring down my friends and their experience and the, the mood in general, right? But they were all really understanding and it did work out well. And I am so grateful for them for handling it so well. And for it was just a really, really good experience. You know, nobody gave out, nobody was awkward. There was just no no nothing, you know, and I'm so grateful for that. So once again, community, asking for help, allowing help and surrounding yourself with the right people is really important in life. Because when you unfortunately need to rely on it, you you, you would want them to be around, you know. So that was one of the biggest lessons I learned out of that. And that is kind of how it went as well, in case you were wondering. And that kind of, there's a proverb that says, go fast, go alone, go far, go together. And since then, I kind of implemented that in my life. And I started to allow more people into my life and allow more support and as well give a lot of support and just build up on that community feeling and just be aware of that community feeling. And to this day, I really do love to be part of communities and networking and all that kind of stuff. There was that big lesson that I learned, right? And the other thing that I realized and learned out of it was what I mentioned already before, that when you feel, when you follow your desire and you put in the action and you listen to your intuition and your gut feeling, it will work out. It will absolutely work out and you will get to live your fullest life and experiences and dreams. So that is possible. And don't get disencouraged by like, my example here or the accident that happened right so I, I want to leave this on a good positive note so overall as as heartbroken and devastated as I was but I can look back at it now with a big smile on my face knowing this was a great experience still and I learned so much out of this and what else happened is it shifted my priorities in life I realized okay maybe it's time to learn and develop myself a bit more why do I not let support into my life why would I be so super independent you know and then my self-development journey started to continue and go more in depth and then I as well started my studies and course to become a certified and accredited life coach so that's how I actually more or less ended up uh, becoming a life coach life and mindset coach right so there we go another good thing that came out of it and it just shifted my priorities really and I shifted my priorities from I suppose as well materialistic things in life to connections right because I was well aware that I spend a lot of money time and effort and energy into things that are literally things and can be replaced so I started to shift that more on to living beings, <laughs> um, people and communities and networking and friends and build that up. And that is a really good thing to do because things are things in the end, they are replaceable, but humans are not, you know. And that 
as well was really, really great to learn and realize. And when I look back at it now, I can see how much happened, how much it benefited my life and how much it helped to do that and what it can do to you if when you shift your priorities, right? And another really important thing that I mentioned earlier that I want to touch base on here is how negative events in your life are sometimes really necessary because first of all there was a lot of signs for many years that pointed me into the direction of where I had to go that I just described right to shift my priorities but I did not listen to it I'm very stubborn and we all sometimes just don't listen to the signs or ignore certain things that we already know need to happen So what happens is when you do that, when you keep ignoring or resisting something that you feel already for a while, right? Like, for example, allowing more people into my life, allowing to ask for support and learning to accept support, right? That's just an example here. What happens when you keep ignoring that? What happens if you keep doing the same carry on and you ignore shifting your priorities, like in my case? Well, eventually you get a big big sign you get the big bang like as it happened it was a big actual bang right it makes an ugly ugly noise when that happens when a car crashes not a nice noise but it was an actual bang right so there was my big big bang so when big impactful things in life happen sometimes they are for you because you have ignored previous signs you have been very resistant And you needed that big impactful event in your life to learn your lessons. And sometimes they happen not because you ignore the signs or because you're resistant, but sometimes they just happened because they need to happen because otherwise you're not learning your lesson. And that can be in form of a breakup, something very negative, as in something that impacts you in a negative way and that is very painful, a car accident, an illness losing your job, a pandemic, you name it. So something that causes you a lot of pain, basically. So how to look at those kind of situations? When they happen, when you're right in it, of course, you're probably not really considering the fact, hey, this is a sign, this is a redirection, you know, I have to change my ways of being. But hopefully you do, because you should. And that's what I did as well. As soon as the accident happened, within the day I asked myself, God damn it, what is this sign telling me now? What is this supposed to be for me now? What sort of redirection? I knew it straight away. I knew it straight away because out of experience and it's just how it works. So when something like that happens in your life, a lot of pain, it is a sign of here lesson you have a lesson to learn there is an opportunity for you to grow to develop to change and whatever that is for you it's for you to find out right i would like to let you know that when something happens like that it is always without a fail without fail it is always a learning lesson question is what do you have to learn what is it for you to learn out of it What's the redirection here? Is it closing off old energies and old things in your life so new things can come in and can happen to you? What is it? Find it out for yourself. 
and you can find it out for yourself. And the way how you do it is to be, first of all, aware of what's going on and realizing, oh, okay, this is what it is. This is my lesson here. And then you can support yourself in that journey by asking a lot of questions. The question, why did this happen? What could it show me? Do I need to learn something out of it? Did I maybe ignore some signs beforehand? What can I learn out of that past experience so it won't happen again, right? So you can ask yourself all those sort of questions. And besides that, it's all about how you manage it too, right? So how do you manage an impact like that? How do you manage your emotions, right? Do not suppress it. Absolutely do not suppress your emotions or numb it down. Try to embrace what's happening. And if you struggle with that, if you struggle how to manage your mental health or your emotions, when something like that happens, when something is going on in your life, talk to your friends, talk to people, look for support, talk to professionals, talk to a coach, talk to a therapist, whoever it needs to be, talk, ask for help. Google it, read, there's a lot of resources, help yourself in a way and deal with it. Do not ignore, suppress, avoid or numb it, okay? That's part of the learning lesson or maybe that is the actual lesson for you. Maybe you have to finally embrace and learn how to deal with situations like that, okay? So that is something that I would definitely recommend to be aware of. And to keep in mind, right? And I knew that at the time already, thankfully. So I was able to manage it. I was able to deal with it. It took me a long time because stuff like that always takes me for ages. And it took me three solid years to actually talk about it. I wanted to share the story last year, two years afterwards, two years after the accident, but I wasn't ready. So it took three full years for me to finally share that story and process it fully and I am as I said quite happy about it now I am happy how everything went I am amazed by how everything fell into place I'm so grateful for all the support that I received from my friends and everything that happened around it around the actual accident and I'm so grateful for how it changed my life and how it went afterwards and this, my dear friends, is the story of how my accident shifted my perspective, changed my life again. And yes, it was traumatic and dangerous at some stage, but it turned out all right. And it can be always all right afterwards, depending how you handle it, depending how you handle yourself, depending how you approach the situation. And if you decide to learn from it and take it as a learning opportunity. And don't get me wrong, sometimes we can't do it straight away. Sometimes we can't see and realize straight away what this was for. But in hindsight, you will always find out when you reflect over it, you will always find out why this had to happen. This brings me pretty much to the end of this story. So I hope that you found some useful information within this story. And if you liked it, or if you found it interesting, or if you took something away from it, I would be very grateful for your feedback. You know, let me know directly, message me, talk to me, or if you feel super generous, head over to the Apple podcast and leave a review. Would be so appreciated, right? 
And if you have any questions or if you're curious about any pictures or how all of that looked like, how the trip looked like, my car, my personal experiences, I will also share it on Instagram and maybe even on my homepage in a blog post. So connect, feel free to reach out. Thank you so much for listening and for being part of this podcast, for listening to this episode and feel free to subscribe and connect and stay in touch. (laughs) All right, have a great rest of your day or night whenever you listen to this and I will talk to you soon again. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Make sure to check out listeningspaceonline.com and our social media to find more information about Cornelia and her guests. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Until next time.